Coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio in Woodstock, Georgia, this is Fearless Formula with Sharon Klein. Welcome to Fearless Formula Friday, where we talk about the ups and downs of the business world and offer words of wisdom for business success. I'm your host, Sharon Klein, and today on the show, I have one of my absolute most favorite returning guests, Joe Cienciolo. He is the human capital strategist with Front Porch Advisors, and he has brought someone he's been working with, who I know as well through our networking meetings, Christy Johnson. She is the co-owner of Beyond the Spotlight Studio, and she's also the compliance manager at Cherokee County Transportation Department. Department, also called CATS. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank You're you. welcome. I was just saying to Joe before the show started that this is one of my absolute favorite shows that we do because I am so fascinated by why I do what I do. And I'm, I'm I think a lot about myself. I just want you to know that <laughs> I'm admitting it right now. I think a lot about me and not so much about why other people do what they do as much as like, do I like what I just did? And if I don't, why did I do it? And what are my choices? And this is the ongoing conversation in my head. It's fabulous. But what Joe does is that he actually makes it um, has a has a template which allows you to kind of instead of me judging myself and the things that I'm doing, it allows me to look at here are the positives of the things that I do and here are the things that could trip me up, but here's a tool to use to go around it. And that just makes me feel so much less like I'm, a, I don't know, like my own worst enemy and um, that I can't get what I want. So would you say that that's an accurate reflection of what you do, Joe? Well, that's why I was watching Christy because Christy's worked with me for, for years actually. And yes, that is exactly. I mean, all right, we're done. We're done. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, we are all unique and we are, I don't know, it's, I think we're all our own worst critic. Um, so the components that you discussed are described and what, what Christy is very, very well practiced in is understanding how to be aware of yourself. You talked about it in terms of why you do the things that you do, the choices that you actually do have in it. And rather than being critical of yourself, um, we study awareness and then we study acceptance. And that's a piece that I just recently within this year have started using that term. I've been doing my own research into that. Uh, sometimes we can be very aware of those patterns, but not accept them. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> like up at two in the morning moments where I'm like, why did I say, why did I think I know better? And maybe I was hungry. Like I come up with all kinds of reasons to justify some of the things that I'm very critical about myself. Well, and then you can talk yourself in onto and off of ledges that way. And what I talked to Christy about earlier is if you can be, I don't know, grounded in who you are, what you bring and what you need, then it helps you to choose actions accordingly. And when you are off the reservation, then like you said, we have tools for that. We have tools that help you remember, oh my gosh, no wonder why this feels the way it does. I'm really excited that Christy's here today because Christy's world is different than my world, yet she and I use a lot of the same dialogue, the same communication styles and terminologies. And we also know how to kind of calm each other down so that we can face something much bigger, you know, as opposed to getting really frazzled by the annoying daily. Sometimes you get stuck in the grind of tasks mm -hmm. and sometimes you feel like the world has all these expectations of you and realize, oh, wait, that's my problem, not the world's problem or or, or whatever it is that your wiring actually brings to you. Got it. So some of the things that I am um, 
do is I can spread myself kind of very thin mm. because I don't like to say no. Specifically, if someone asked me for me, like, oh, you know, I thought of you. You would be so great. To, and I'm like, what you thought of me? What, when did you think you thought of me? Like the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, my God, you, you like like it's pathetic. It's, it's, it's like something I judge myself for really harsh because I know that that's those are magic words for me. Mm. The next thing you know, I am roped into something that I didn't even really think that through very hard if I wanted to do, but because they thought of me and I'm so honored by that, I'm in. And Mm. it's like, those are the things that I can see as a problem. But like, I would imagine you, Joe, having so many skills that you could give me a potential, I could take that moment, you know, not become ungrounded because that's, that's like one of my favorite tools is to become ungrounded and then just kind of get through it and then think about it later. But I would love that, that pause that gives me a moment to choose a response that's really authentic to me um, because it's really more about me and like what I want as opposed to they want me. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Can you yeah. hear her wires right yeah. there? Okay. So a couple of things, one of which is the recognition piece can be a, an energizer for you as a, a believer that we've talked about this before. Oh the, yeah. I'm a believer. That's and right. the, In case you didn't guys didn't know whoever's the, listening. And the caretaker piece doesn't feel worthy, right? So for you as a combo, that's an interesting uh, conundrum because you like the accolade, yet you feel unworthy at the exact same time. But when you study that and understand the sort of the groundedness of it, what you realize is that what you connect to in terms of, you know, when somebody thinks of you and you're like, yes, wow, that makes me feel great with the understanding that you don't have an obligation to say yes. If there is something that is of shared value with that person or with the idea or whatever, then you get the opportunity to do both of those things, which is to say yes with the ultimate care that you naturally provide. But as Christy can probably speak to the caretaker, you want to talk about where that could get you in trouble? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a caretaker. Um, I'm a caretaker first. And um, so I will spread myself so thin that then you do, like you were saying, just feel like, you have to do those things. I said, yes. Yeah. And that like, <laughs> I can't let someone down. <laughs> exactly. And you're, you're honestly just, you're doing it because you are, you know, personally wanting to have a good, like, you know, perception of what they think of you and things like that. So, and it really relates to like burnout, you know, you don't want to help anyone and you're just drained by the end of it. Um, and that's so easy and you want to just take it all back. Like, you know, when you do get burnt out, you don't want to help anybody because you're feeling that way. But here's, here's what's interesting about that though. And tell me what you think of this, Joe, is that I don't want to help anyone, but that will include myself because Mm. I'm so tired Mm. that I really want to, I need to do laundry because I need to do laundry and I'm so burnt out that I will not do any of the things that I've been frustrated that I can't do because I'm so burnt out from other people. And so, yeah. You guys see me on the edge of my seat. I'm always, you both keep saying the same words, need and have to, need to and have to. And those are kryptonite for caretakers, especially, and for people who are outer driven, right? So when we talk about the expectations wiring versus the personality wiring that's where they go together and so when somebody is externally wired i'm internally wired so mm-hmm. nobody can tell me what to do if i don't if it doesn't make sense to me i won't do it if it makes sense to me awesome like if you tell me i need to do the laundry 
and I don't find any reason to it, I won't. But if I realize, obviously, I have to take care of my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, my spouse, I got to do those things. It's because I think it's important. It makes sense to me to do it. When you say words like need to and have to, it is a very dominating outer expectation. And the problem is there is that you aren't taking care. I'm going to go through like a number of tools real fast. I'm ready. Without calling out the tool, but the, the caretaker can take care of everybody else except for themselves. What I always have to tell the caretaker is if you don't provide care for yourself, if you don't, if you don't give yourself that time, you cannot provide the same level of care to others. So when that happens is you, you have spread yourself so thin because you're allowing all these expectations around you to dictate what you're doing. Well, that takes down your natural strengths. It doesn't allow you to do them. So if you had to, had to need (laughs) to do the laundry for your family is it because you want to you want to be known as that person that's always there to make sure that like I was sitting there doing laundry while I was eating lunch hurrying to get here <laughs> realizing that I love that my kids have that person like me to fold the laundry for them so that when they come back from camp everything is already ready and done for them and that is a a show of care and it's an opportunity that I have to show my kids that they deserve to be cared for but if I don't take care of myself first or at all then it will always feel like I'm chasing. Okay, but I have a question for you about that. So so if I'm okay, so you you phrased it. Sorry, I'm thinking on the fly. This is just great. It's great on radio. This is <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, okay, so if I have that obligation thought process, right? That okay, well, I agreed to do that for this person, this person, this person, in some ways. I like the surrender of control of my life to someone else who has asked me to do things so that I don't have as much choice. Well, no, I mean, this is the result of, you know, what people have needed from me. And of course I'm going to do it for them. So in some ways I'm surrendering the responsibility of the effects, the outcomes of them. Right. I think um, that, you know, especially being, in that mindset um, quite a bit. It's also really understanding your identity to that. Like you get so used to having people rely on you and that becomes who you are. And really a lot of us, I know myself personally, I've had to sit down and really like think about what do I like, what I don't like, what is it, like who do I actually wanna be? And instead of allowing other people to take that choice away from me, because I don't want to make the decision. I don't want to be the bad guy. Yes, I, I want to be. Me. They I don't need have, me. Yeah. I want to be needed, and yeah. I want to have that relationship with them. And that's right. how I feel like I can love them. But what am I doing to like separate myself and like put myself last? You know, am, am it, is it really an, like a true reflection on how much I love myself? Mm. How did that oh. sound, Joe? Are you having a moment? <laughs> I'm having a moment. <laughs> you deserve that moment. I can't you wait to go do. back and replay that one again and again. It was said very, very well because the outer accountability and the outer expectations are fine. I mean, some people find that to be a negative. I don't. Once you are aware of it and accept it, then you can act on it. And the thing is, is are all those tasks liberating for you because you have chosen to create your identity around that? Or is it dominating to you because you really feel like it's easier when people just tell you what to do? Both. Okay. So the liberating one, you have to make sure that you can measure. That's one of the tools that we study in, I don't know, whichever of the programs that you would go through or whatever, is that we have to say, who are the influences in your life? Who are the people and what what kind of influence are you allowing? Are you making room 
for a balance of supportive people, people who are natural challengers and people who actually do liberate you, free you to be you easy, like you at your best, you without having to make excuses, without having all that inner talk, which is what typically drains you. And so you got to be able to then say, wait, everything, all these people, all these outer expectations are coming from people who feel like they're providing nothing but challenge. And that is something that Christy and I've talked a lot about is how do you make time for the people who are natural supporters and how do you give them permission to also challenge you from a place of support first? Like a place of love. Mm -hmm. And it's like communicating with them, you know, like really looking at, you know, there's, there's that quote that, you know, the, the closest five people are the the biggest influencers in your life. Mm. And so, you know, you become those five people and, if all of those five people are constantly challenging you, are you just okay being with them because that's what you're now, you know, you're in naturally in that world all the time, or do you have liberators who are going to come in and support you and really lift you up? And, you know, even in those dark times, like, are they, are they around you? And do you actually know how to name them? That was my hardest thing I was, was like, ask you, I actually would like to ask, just, can we go back slightly? Like, how did you um, become associated with Joe? Did you approach him? Did he approach you? I would like to know what the so, impetus was. Yeah. So I actually have a great story of how, how we actually met. Um, so our networking group um, had an afternoon um, social and I had been meaning to go. I just hadn't, I brought my sister and, um, we got split up and, uh, we were sitting, we were going around, we asked a couple questions, um, with each other. And, um, so I was answering the questions and I had a group that was just like <laughs> life changing. Um, Joe was, was there, um, Diesel David, like there was all of these wonderful people, um, in the community and they just fed into me. They were like, you need to focus on this. You need to look at this and, and you need to, you know, you need to come to the morning, you know, networking. And I was like, I can't, I I have a nine to five job and there's no way I can do that. And they're like, did you ask? And I said, no, (laughs) I've never asked. And, uh, and so luckily, you know, the stars aligned and, and I started going, you know, every Thursday morning. And, but, um, you know, after that, it was just, you know, they saw me, they, they just, fed into me ever since. And, you know, it's honestly huge reason of who I am today. And like even becoming an entrepreneur with my sister, I mean, they just have, you know, changed the the outlook, my mindset, because I was just like, I work a nine to five. That's what I was taught. I go to school, I go to college and that's what I, that's who I become. And really there's a whole different world. And Joe really opened the world for me just to kind of explain like there's different, there's different ideas out there and there's, you know, different ways of, of viewing the world and, and yourself, um, which you're just not taught in school. You know, I was, you're was more, young. you're more <laughs> encouraged to comply with mm. and, and not be different because being different is, is could potentially be chaotic or a, hard. a bigger personality in school. It's yeah. more about just not kind of being quiet, flying under the radar, doing what the teacher said, don't cause trouble. And that, that's, that was a hundred percent. My personality is I was shy. I, I didn't, I didn't know how to talk to people. And, and, uh, and so, you know, getting in front of, in front of these people who are, don't even know me and are just like, Christy, you have this, like you can, you can do it. And it's like, 
that's weird. (laughs) I don't think I can. It's actually so sweet, though. The way that you're talking about it is that you had ideas in your mind about what you wanted, but like life was happening to you as opposed Mm -hmm. to you're taking control of life. Okay, Joe, you go, Joe, you go. Okay, you need to play back this when you go home and you need to listen to what you just said versus what you said earlier, which is you This is my show. I get to point everybody (laughs) out. No, but actually you're right. I know a lot of what I say is choice, but. You know, and choice sounds scary. And that's why we keep working through, I mean, Christy's actually been very helpful, not only having come and sat on the front porch, she's also helped me develop some of my newer tools and try to make it more accessible to a bigger audience. Because that's one of the things that's hard. It's very personal. I mean, not everybody wants to come and say, uh, okay, cut me open and look for the insides (laughs) that nobody sees. Luckily, Christy just happened to be sitting at a table of wildly bold... I remember that night very vividly. Lauren from Pie Bar was there. Oh, I love Lauren. She's amazing. Yeah. So imagine being sitting at a table for the first time with Lauren, David, and myself, and Christy. Like this poor girl. Big big personalities. But that's what we all need is we need people to be able to see us for who we are, not necessarily who we're choosing to be every day, but who we can be. And we saw it in Christy very quickly. And we didn't know what it was. Now, uh, my job is human capital. I see that people have value. The value is in the person, not just your experience. It's what you do with your experience. How much do you understand your experience? Are you okay with that experience? And what do you do with it? Um, and so the fact is, is that when when Christy and I have, have it, it, within, I don't know, the last year or year and a half, I'll send a new tool worksheet or something to her that says, hey, let, let's work through this because choice doesn't have to be as daunting as you think. No, but choice isn't as daunting, but the... But the um responsibility of those choices mm. are what's so scary to me is I, I the consequences of the choices and whether or not I'm going to be happy with those consequences or not make me um, disinclined to want to make them. Well, have you ever actually mapped them out? Well, I mean, in my head. Well, and so that, <laughs> that's, that's different. And, and, and that's the thing. Why? Because the responsibility of it is hard. And so, uh, you know, for me being inner driven, I once I commit to it because it makes sense that I would want to do it, I go crazy. And I'm a strategist, which means I need data. Yes. But for people who are unaccountable, especially caretakers who don't feel like maybe they are worthy of it or they don't, they, they would love to give it to everybody else, but they it's scary to do it themselves, is is is... I say, okay, let's map it out. Let's, let's, and I'll walk him through, you know, sitting on the porch. We actually have it in, I don't remember which chapter that you were doing. With like me. you actually write this down. Oh, yeah. Where okay. we actually map out, okay, when, you know, this is a natural driver, whether it be good or bad, and this is when it tends to happen. And, and this is what I usually choose as a result. And each time I choose that, these are the consequences. And the consequences over time are what create our reality. A lot of people say, I wish my reality was different. Well, you you can't change consequences. You you can't even change your tendencies. You can only change the choice that you make as a result. But that requires having some kind of understanding of choices that you do make, which could even be isolating yourself from other. It's a choice. Or saying yes to everything is a choice and you have to then map the whole thing out once you map it out you can start to apply it to every different situation or challenge or choice that you have to make and say oh which one do wh- which one do i really want and then for people who come to me and they say i wish my life was different okay well what do you want it to be let's work backwards we can do it any which way but we have to be able to identify each of those pieces 
so that you can see the pattern. Is that what it's, happened with you, Christy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it still happens. Probably is ongoing, isn't it? Though. Is, yeah, I mean, I mean, him, him as a human capital, you know, strategist over here. I mean, it's just you have to work on yourself daily. I mean, I still am going back to like, you know, I still get shy in networking events. I still like, I will get into a, a you know, a funk and a habit of, you know, I like just want to stand by myself and. And those things I just know now, like when I see the signs and that's really understanding yourself is, you know, understanding the signs of like, I'm in that habit again, you know, what can I get myself out of this habit right. and break it and, and break that monotony of it? Have, have you found, um, a surprising, um, uh, trigger for yourself? In other words, sometimes when I watch a movie that is like overly romantic and very sweet and at the end of it, I, I like shut the TV off and then I look at myself alone in my house and then all of a sudden like I have a whole thought process that comes into play that I'll be very different after watching a movie in my feelings and what I think than before. So I know for myself that I have to kind of choose when I'm in the mood to really go down that road. Sometimes I don't know that I'm going to, but I was wondering, so that maybe that's not surprising for me because I don't do what you all do yet, but I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, <she> said yet. <laughs> Oh no, that's on the radio and everything. <laughs> but like, do you, have you found that there are certain things like if you see a certain person or a certain car or are there triggers that were surprising to you? Um, so one of mine that um, I have realized, I you know, we were talking about, you know, like overextending ourselves and, and burning out. Um, I realized um, by going through this process that when I start to drink way more caffeine, if I have a Starbucks iced coffee in my hand daily, um, that I have started to like put myself last because I am codependent on that that ca like caffeine, I need it. And it's, it's weird because it's only a Starbucks, you know, iced coffee for some reason, no one else, like no other right. coffee That's company, but, um, but it is, it is very like, I will just get in that habit. And I just know that, you know what, I have to take a step back because something's going on with me and, and I'm, I'm off balance. Well, that not that just fascinating in itself? Like, let's take a second to say how much do of my life do I allow things like that to happen that I'm completely unaware of mm. yeah. all day long? Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Well, it's, we live in a very um, chaotic society and technology with everybody having phones is we're constantly distracted and we choose that. And sometimes that's a it's a defense mechanism is oh I I can spend all my time and I'm busy 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 because it feels easier to to be a victim to busy or to not have to face what you want to face. And it was funny cuz before today I had all these things that I wanted to get done and instead I ended up taking advantage of an unplanned however many hour session with with a client where we went to a level of depth that if I hadn't have allowed it to happen, I wouldn't be in the mind that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. I would have done all the cleaning and all the things that I wanted tasks. to get done. Yeah, tasks. And I still want to because I'm very competitive and I like to get that <laughs> stuff done. It's part of my wiring. <laughs> but I was so grateful that when I saw that opportunity because I do this study every day, I mean, this is my job, <laughs> is I realized very quickly, no, this this becomes the opportunity that I have to set back and say, what's going to come of it? And what was funny is the client sent me a text afterward saying, I saw your dream today. <gasps> and dreamer is my last. I'm not a dreamer. 
and he was able to see it. I got chills just now. <laughs> and That's a I, very important text you got. Yeah, yeah. And and I immediately, as I do in my program, is to say thank you. But I had to be specific about what I was thanking him for, which was to actually put me in that spot that allowed the not the weakest, but the least strong part of my personality to come out in a way that I, he could understand it. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, can you put it into words? Because <laughs> honestly, like I allowed myself to just go there. That kind of awareness, when you give it more time, if she were to give her awareness more time than the Starbucks in her hand, it's a different machine. Well, what did it feel like for you, Joe, to feel all of those feels? Oh, I thought, I, I kept thinking, well, this is probably the best way to start a week of on my own while the kids are, are at camp is because I often, the kids are my priority. I, I love my children and I have other things I wanted to say about them in terms of what we were talking about earlier. But um, maybe a better use of my time this week will be to stay in this mindset. Maybe instead, of, like I, I remember when they they went to camp last year, I was like, oh, I can watch my own movie. What is that? <laughs> I can watch my own show. And so this year I actually prepped. I was like, okay, these are the shows I've been wanting to watch. And and today I thought, well, maybe I don't need the TV this week. Maybe I need to make more time to just sit and be in awareness, not with myself. Because what I noticed, or what we talked about in our session, was I need to do my awareness with others. If I do it by myself, I can make excuses. I can let my mind wander in other ways, start preparing pl- uh, task listing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Whereas I do my best thinking out loud with others. Mm-hmm. And so I happened upon it by accident. And now that I'm aware of that, I can make that a bigger priority this week. Mm-hmm. As you, you and I always yeah. talk about, there's a difference between accidental and intentional. So is Intentional, for some reason, this word keeps coming up this week for me. And I've said it a couple different times to a couple different people is I am trying to be very careful about um, how I'm spending my time. Because as much as my voiceover business is getting bigger and lots of opportunities are coming that make me so happy, I um, love doing all of those things. But then I'm also there's a natural stress that comes with it, too. So I'm trying to, and I've never had to say no to someone where um, I'm like, what, you want to have dinner? Yes. What, you want to go do this? Yeah, let's go. Let's go ride motorcycles. It'll be all day. But now I've I've thought about it in a way where I'm actually going to have to say, I would love to see you, but I, I'm going to have to schedule it a couple of weeks out or something like that, or be more intentional with the way I'm spending my time. And I've never actually, I mean, I probably have had to do this before, needed to do this before, but I've never done it before. But I see what you're talking about is also you're choosing your experience in the moment that you're having it. So if next week when you realize that you've had enough of the feelings that you're in now, you could choose to watch your movies if you wanted. But these are choices. They're not reactions, right? Oh, oh mm. she hit another <laughs> <Yeah>. hot button word. <laughs> Because reactions, did you have something you needed to chime in? Well, so I was going to say, actually, um, so I just finished reading A Mountain Is You, um, which is a a guide to Um, self-sabotage. It absolutely changed my my life. Um, But, you know, about feeling your feelings, like a lot of your feelings they, they talk about in the book is, you know, actually, you know, a way to cope with that, you know, as a, a symptom to that self-sabotage. So those feelings are, you know, a reaction, a symptom of something else and taking that time to actually like feel those feelings and um, are so important. I think that we just don't do in our society anymore. So um, I love that. That's so, and how do you, how do you see yourself doing these things too? 
you know, I mean, you, I think you have to, you know, like you were saying, being intentional and, and taking a st- like a second to, to feel them and not be scared of the feelings and so allow true. them to, you know, to actually, you know, feel it and not react. So you're saying that you're not judging yourself for your feelings. Mm. Yeah. So she needs a timeline. You need to get you a timeline for yourself. Because once you start to study the past patterns and, and look at your life and your current reality, you will see all the things that make you want to say yes now are still exciting and they're all important, but they all can't be urgent. And because you're accountable, one of the tools that we always say is you want to say yes. So say yes, dot, 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 as long as this is true. And so the thing is, is if they're all too much, and this is where you, you, we practice finding your grounding so that you don't get into this whipsaw situation where the answer is yes, as long as we can do it two weeks from now. Mm. Not, but I'll have to wait because that puts you in that negative. So yes, as long as... (laughs) Like, it, yes, and. Yes, and. Which which is interesting because we've heard that before, mm-hmm. but putting it into practice is a little bit harder. harder. So I had that mentality, I think it was two or three years ago when we started to really, uh, I guess during COVID, I got really busy. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't expecting it because everybody was at home and, you know, what we do is very personal and I didn't think we could do it over video, but we did, is I had to get to that point where people were like, do you have space for me? And the answer was always, yes. As long as these are the hours that I can do this and do it well. If I overbooked myself, then my kids who were home and schooling at the time because of the COVID restriction, I, I couldn't give my clients their full due. Just like if you say yes too much, you're not giving the best version of you if it's too far out of balance. Mm-hmm. So when you say yes, as long as this is – yeah, and, and then we go through all of our <laughs> – so do you do and- the same thing now? You've learned this skill and that's how you are interacting with people. Yeah, I've actually, um, I've kind of leaned more into, um, you know, I think about if I say yes, what opportunity am I also giving up because mm. of saying yes? So when because you're saying yes to something now, you're saying no to something else. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're breaking any opportunity to have you know, have something better or even, you know, maybe there's this opportunity that's supposed to come in, you know, into your life. And, you know, if, if I'm saying yes to, to, to kind of everything, there's no, there's no opportunity. There's no availability for you to even know what you don't know yet. So it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard practice, but it's, you know, it, it's worth it. But one of the things that Christy and I are actually trying, well, trying, we are working on, we haven't figured out the best way to launch it is for people who are out or accountable, who need that liberating outside force to help remind you that you matter, that you need to say yes to yourself. You're probably going to say yes to everybody else first. We want to be or create that, that community of people that will be that constant reminder that it is okay to say yes, as long as it is okay to not get stuck in obligation. And it's a shared experience for people who are out or accountable. They, mm-hmm. they have that all the time. Mm-hmm. I do. You're not. Yeah. I, and that's why I was glad to have Christy come because I wanted it, it. Brendan's the same. That's why his, his, um, radio spot that day was so powerful because he spoke to it so comfortably. And that's our, our goal. Like at front porch advisors, our goal is to find you at your most comfortable not your easiest, but your most comfortable, the one that you just naturally wake up into, 
not the one that the world expects of you, not the one that you think the world expects of you. Or what that a you- lie is this that I tell myself because what I believe is most comfortable is what I have always done. I the think habit. for that, I think that is, you know, I think our brains are wired for that. You know, we want to stay where it, it feels okay. If what, what we, we know to do so that we don't have to, to get outside of that comfort zone any. So I, you know, for me, it was, you know, as soon as you go out of that comfort zone, there's more problems, right? And we don't, we don't like problems. We we try to do everything to keep status quo. And so when we start to change, it's like this is the scariest thing I've ever done. But at the but you know, but what does what does it bring? You know, and and so the the question of you know, I just I just want to I just want to keep doing what you're doing. Like you're not happy doing that though. <laughs> we all know it. Like we've all like said how many times like, Oh man, it was just a bad day. Was it really though? Like, are we just in the habit of complaining constantly because we, it's what we're used to. Cause the world is happening to me and yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in control. Well, and for a believer, the depth is the scary part. Every one of the wires has a different scary part. I am a strategist, which means that I am very risk averse. But that doesn't mean I don't take risks. I have to take risks in alignment with my strategist, which means I have to calculate just enough data and all the possible what-if scenarios and then tap into my second, which is initiator. And it's interesting because my combo, we've talked about combos before, my second is risk-taking. So I am conflicting within that. But once I figured it out, once we went, well, I've been through the program how many times? Yeah. <laughs> I do it all the time. But when um, I realized that it's not the risk-taking part that's natural to me, it's the confidence to be bold that is if, so if I combine them and I gather just enough data and remember I'm confident enough when I get enough data, then I will do it. Mm-hmm. So for the believer, the believer is... I'm always, the believer, right? Yes, okay. always excited by easily excited and able to bounce around from one thing to another. And the depth can seem so scary because it's like, no, let's just do this and let's do this. Yes, this is a great idea. Everything's a great idea. But you have to know what the trade-off with that is that eventually nothing goes below the surface. And you are more than that. That's where the caretaker comes in. Your your caretaker number two has the ability to care for a very big population of people who need it. And especially now when we're constantly being barraged with challenge and what people need is natural care. And when you're saying yes, 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 that care is the trade-off because you're not actually bringing it up. So when you learn how to combine them, you're going to say yes, because this is my opportunity to care for you and do what I love to do because your idea is so awesome. You know? Well, this show feels like that to me mm-hmm. because I believe so much in what we're discussing. And um, I think one of the things that I love about having this opportunity to meet so many different people and talk about what they do and why they do is that it is just so exactly human. And I just so accept that I'm just such a human <laughs> and I just make the biggest mistakes ever <laughs> well, all the time, but we all do. And isn't it interesting that this is the one that you don't overthink? This I show, don't. It, I don't even prepare. Exactly. At all. That's natural energy coming out of you without having to put it on. And, and I think people are drawn to that, you know? Oh, nice. I mean, you Girl. are you are like as as a caretaker. I mean, that's what we naturally do. So people are going to be drawn to that side of you so much easier if you're living that authentically. So do you Christy find that when you are in your caretaker energy that you what is the second what is your second? 
She's a strategist number stra- two. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Strategist number two, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you are authentically in your caretaker space, you find that it, with boundaries around it, mm-hmm. and you're not compromising yourself, that your um, interactions are different or the outcomes yeah, are I, different. I think they're deeper. I think my relationships are deeper with people, and and even you know thinking you know like not having you know having to say no. Like it was because I wanted to say no, and actually you know, I always assume that I need to, to go deeper with someone, like to continuously, you know, like, oh, like I, I really do need to give that pot pie to them, you know, like I have to, um, because then they won't like me. But when I'm living my, my true authenticity, you know, people are just happy that I'm around that I'm, I'm contacting them that I'm, I'm caring. Cause even when I'm, when they don't even know that I am, I am, I'm caring for them in some way. Um, but it's also, you know, they they just genuinely want to talk to me. They'll reach out to me because we're we're just in that relationship, and I'm I'm thriving the way I need to be, and I'm not. It's a, it's in a balance too. Can I chime in, please? Oh my gosh. Okay, so last time Brendan and I did this to you. Today we're gonna do it to Christy. Oh, you and me. <laughs> we we're yes. looking at each Sharon. other right now. Our eyes. Okay. Did you notice the difference in the way she's sitting and the way she's talking into her mic between the beginning and now? Yes, I do. And do you know why? There's a fearless formula here. <laughs> what is it? It is the formula? natural Sharon formula, which is you you used your believer and believing that this is such a good opportunity, and then you took the vulnerability on yourself, which immediately took it off of her. And you didn't even mean to do it. You didn't try to do what it. What did I do? What? What? How did I do you, that? You 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 took over the vulnerable spot. So. For her, when I said, hey, Christy, you should come on the radio, she's like. <gasps> yeah, no, yeah. lots of people don't like to do this. It's like crazy to me. But yeah, a lot of people are not comfy. But she knows that it's my job to liberate her. That's my job. So I have to not only support and believe in her, but I also have to challenge her. So she said yes, knowing that it was for some kind of bigger purpose. And as she came in, I could feel it, see it on her, that natural caretaker. No, why? You know, oh. that's, the ba- that's the bad part is as caretakers, I think everything is shown. I mean, like all of our, like, you know, our, our flaws in a sense, like when we're nervous, like all of our, our emotions, oh, you can we look just at me and see it. Boom, yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> so where you became the fearless formula today for her is that you started asking very intimate, personal questions about your own fear of that internal dialogue, which immediately allows her to care for you by sharing her experience. <gasps> oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's where oh. it happened. You didn't know you were doing it, but that's what you get on the backside. So when you can do that for yourself and realize inner dialogue that's super self-critical isn't necessarily – that's internal. And you're not an internally driven person. You're an externally driven person. So when you bring somebody in and say, hey, how do you – like you might be a little bit like me. How do you deal with this? Then they immediately relax and provide care. It's mm. glorious. And and you can study that with the people that you yeah. surround yourself with. Like and it makes you look at everybody that you, you have in your life so differently. I was going to ask that exact question as well. First of all, I want to say thank you for pointing that. Let's just say thank you for that, pointing that out because I'd had no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's interesting to me. And I wonder how often I even do that. Probably a lot. On this show, yes. Oh. I don't know about other places, but I hope you'll start to pay attention. Actually, I know she will. She's going to hear us in the back of her head. Yeah. <laughs> 
two o'clock because in the morning. You, no, you'll pay attention to it while you're doing other work. I got because you. Because you're going to feel the difference. Did you feel the difference when I actually brought it out to her? Yeah. Like you are more comfortable. Yeah. yeah, no, I am. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. Actually, I I appreciate just the um, the the pointing out of a tendency that I have that I could actually be really happy about mm. because I tend to look at the things I'm not. So thank you for being generous with me. But that's part of your identity that you want your identity to be. And that's what Christy was talking about earlier. You got to try to figure out who do you want to be. And this is that for you. Yes. Which is why we see it and we're like, oh, we love sharing and we love going on the show. And as much as I would love to create a five page script, I I don't because it is. It's a conversation to explore together. We're being curious. Together. But that's like, the, that's my happy place. Mm-hmm. Like an hour ago. I mean, we might be here long. I don't know. It just, it goes by so fast that I don't realize that there's a part of my brain that is actually like having a party while we talk about these things. It's just, it's helping me to understand why I do what I do. And when I have a little bit more of like, um, peace about it, then I find that when I'm interacting with other people, I'm not quite as critical of them in my head either, mm-hmm. which I'm not proud of. But that some- is a huge... <laughs> Less for for Did you high five (laughs) each other? (laughs) They high five. That's what that was on the radio. Well, also, I wanted to ask you when, how I'm not as intentional, I think, of the people I'm surrounding myself with, my five. Mm. I don't know that I've ever actually been like, all right, is this person going to be my challenging person Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. cheerleader or whatever? So, Christy, how have you noticed that your, what categories do you put your friends in and has that changed how much time you interact with other people. Yeah. I mean, you know, like my liberators and my, like my supporters, you know, there's, there is so, you know, a a group of them in my life that I do, you know, I'll go to my problems with them, you know, things like that. There's also, you know, there's also times like in my life where I do need a challenger. I need someone who's going to come to me and just be like, you're completely wrong. And I don't like to hear that. I mean, <laughs> no I, I want to, you know, but, but I know that I need them. Like every part of it is, is, you know, what I need. And, and even to just fully support me, you know, there's just days we, we have those days where we're just not, we're not feeling, feeling life right now. And, uh, and I have those dark days and, you know, I, I know exactly who to go to, you know, and I, I just know them now. So before I was just kind of flopping around trying to like, Hey, can you listen? Can you listen? And it's just, that's not who they were in my life. And so now I'm just more confident in who I, who I need to surround myself with. And even if let's say they become, they were a liberator and now they're just, you know, a challenger because people change and, you know, things happen in their life. I now know like, okay, I need to go back and, you know, find, find another liberator in my life. Maybe there is someone there, you know, I have, I have a, a good friend who, I would have never guessed he was a liberator in my life. And after going through the practice of it and I was like, wow, yeah, you know, he's always been there. He's always, you know, told me good luck and like, how can I help? And, and it's like, that's what I needed. And I just never looked at him like that. I just was like, oh, he's an acquaintance, but really he was a really good friend and, you know, still is and just really helps the business and, and in my life personally. So, so you have an appreciation for him in a different way. A value, a value. And I think it changes the way of, you know, you have those people in your life where you're like, they just don't ever listen. They just talk about themselves, but really that's okay. Like, that's not what I was expecting from you. Your expectations change from them. And then you don't judge them for not being able to. And you can appreciate the great things about them and, and what they do in your life. 
I'm handing over my book to Christy. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, because she's saying so many things that, I mean, we, we study. And then yeah. after after you get to that point where you know and you can kind of navigate your life, you she has a list. You know, I like to make lists. But when you can go back to your list, then after that, then you can go to an even bigger step, which you and I haven't talked about, but where I actually talk about my kids today because yes. I did this, where my kids, <laughs> they're kids, they constantly challenge, right? <laughs> And as a parent, you think I have to do for them. I have to do for others. And for, for outer accountable people, they think I have to do for other people. What I did was I shared that vulnerability with my kids the other day in a way that everything was just extremely challenging, the entire environment. And I, I have now figured out how to use this communication to not have to seek only those five people, but to be able to communicate to anyone, no matter where they are or you are, in a way that they can then provide you what you need at that moment. And I allowed my kids to hear the amount of challenge I was under in a way that was appropriate for them and gave them permission to support me by telling them what support for me is, mm. right? So I that's why it's a formula. For Christy, it's going to look different. Support for her and challenge for her are going to look different. For me, I have to know what that looks like. So I told my kids, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. Sometimes I feel like I'm not great at it. I know I'm working really hard, but I'm outside of my own element. And what I just need is for people who actually can believe in what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I was actually doing research on them. And they said to me, they're like, no, we really appreciate you doing oh. all this work, <laughs> which is the support that I needed. Mm -hmm. And kids don't lie very well. Mm -mm. And so when they gave me, I asked for support and they gave it to me. And then they actually helped me out around the house a little bit more because I, I let them in on it. So when you're saying yes to all these people and you start to feel the overwhelm of the world of constant like, yes, 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 I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, is to be able to say, you know what? Yes, I want to. I'm feeling very overwhelmed right now. And what I really need is somebody to help make sure that I take some time for myself. I'm not very good at that on my own. This is what it looks like for me. That's why Christy knows that. We've had to go, go through that and list out all those things that support are so you can ask for them. And I think the huge part is, and what Joe is, you know, what Joe's saying is, you know, I think we're, we have to get really good at communicating and that's understanding yourself first to be able to tell others because they don't know of how to support because Joe's support is very different than what my support is. And so, you know, the people that come into your life, if you can, if you can communicate that with them, then our relationships are just going to get deeper and more, you know, I think we're going to be more fulfilled, you know, in a deeper aspect with our friends, with our relationships. With the way we spend know. time, right? Yeah. We're not as resentful of the way we spend time because we're being intentional the way we spend it. And you yeah. know my secret motive there is I want you to continue to learn all these things because I think you will be able to see it each interview you do. And I see the world through a matrix in my head because I do it so often. I see everybody is wired to be amazing at something. But we, like she said, you don't always know what they're dealing with in that moment that's blocking that. Christy came that night to an empower. It was an empower, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was an empower. An empower. And we saw it like that. She didn't even know it. I, I didn't have a clue. I but didn't. we saw it. And it's important for us to, to realize that everybody has something. That's why we started from Porch Advisors is because we believe that everybody can contribute once they understand it. And then there's got to be value and opportunity created around it. Not everybody is wired, wired um, like an initiator that can go make everything happen. But 
here's a caretaker who's kind of the quietest, the lowest, the most intro negative thought, you know, who is so powerful, you know? I love that. And, and, and it's our, I think it's our responsibility as a community to help her stay in that zone. Do you feel that power when you are using a, a different thought process than you had before? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, you always felt like you were destined for something more. But then when, when you know, you, you change your thought process, like it's not like a codependency on, you know, on Lauren and Joe and, and David to, to constantly feed you know, feed me for that power. I've figured out that I, I, it's inside. I can, I can tap into it. And, um, and I'm, I'm putting myself in those positions to constantly and get that feeling of, yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm great, you know, and people, people should come up to me and talk to me like, because I'm worth it. And, and my self-worth definitely went up, you know, I mean, constantly learning this just, do you know though what we do when we're off our game? Like when that, like she said, I am, but none of us are that 100% of the time. It's it's within us, but that doesn't mean that we know how to use it 100% of the time. So when we're off, all the people that are front porch people, we kind of those who know that they are front porch people, we will laugh with each other when we're off because we've all studied all of the different patterns so much so that when we're I can give Christy a look and she'll be like, oh, I know. I have a saying, it's WWJD. What would Joe do? He's the voice inside your head. <laughs> but it's the same of when I get stuck and I, I, excuse me, I have to laugh at myself because I remember it's human. None of us are going to be on all the time. And, and, and once you kind of become more comfortable, accept that then you can choose accordingly. And I just say to myself after a day like that, I'm like, oh, that was not my day. Are there <laughs> Tomorrow will be better. Are there typical or common factors that contribute to someone being off? Unbalanced. I think if you're going more into, you know, one of your, um, you know, mm, wires, wires, um, and, and you're not balancing those. You're not living in, in kind of that boat. So for example, if you, for me, if I get into analysis paralysis because I am a strategist and I love data and I love to prepare for 8,000 different ways that everything can go wrong, if that's all I am, I'm out of balance. I'm, I'm out of order. Or Well, in that sense, I'm just selfish in my one wire. And we are made up of all of them. There's pieces. That's why I said my my dreamer is five. It is part of me. It just doesn't come out very easily. If all of them are going, of course I can tap into it. But if I'm only using one, and this happens frequently with most anybody who's feeling stuck or overstressed, it's probably because either you're only using your top one or you have them completely out of order and we're trying to be something that we're not. And that's another big thing that we have to watch out for. It's also, I think, finding also where you are in those places. So, like, I'm a huge strategist at work. I'm, you know, I'm in that, I'm in that mentality, and I have to be really mindful. And like, when when I, you know, have have hired people, I've I've said, hey, I can become in this zone. So just kind of call me out of it. Tell me, like, hey, you know. I need some caring right now. I, I just need you to listen to me or, and I'm like, Oh, right. I'm sorry. Cause I, 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 I'm both. And I've explained that. And, and one of the nice things is that I can, I can kind of 
explain that to my coworkers and, and the people around me, especially at work and, and be like, Hey, as a team, I might, you know, I, I might go into strategists. I might be in my spreadsheets or I might be in, you know, in just analysis paralysis and just call me out of that. Um, I have a big question for you. Um, Joe. Mm-mm. So when Christy is telling people that she works with, um, it requires a vulnerability to be able to say, here's where I can get tripped up. If you could please help me to get back on track or mm-hmm. what if you are working with people who take those things that are vulnerable about you and use them against you? Mm. Because not every environment would I feel comfortable saying, here's where I can get off track. I could totally see a darker energy person using that to shame me or control me or, I mean, it happens in relationships all the time as well, like personal ones. Yes, but you have a choice in it. No, so uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is when she's doing that, she's not doing it out of obligation. She's not being vulnerable with her coworkers because she's expected to or she's being told to. She sees it as, I have nothing to lose here and everything to gain. So she's choosing the trade-off she talked about earlier of what's the opportunity. If I ask for that feedback, if I ask for you to jostle me out, it's because I want that. And if somebody starts to take advantage, if you are not seeking that opportunity and are sort of becoming what we call um, reactionary, then it makes it easier for those people to prey on, on the vulnerability. So if your intention is to, is for loving yourself, Mm -hmm. yourself, then nothing that anyone says is actually going to make you feel like they're trying to take advantage. Right. I mean, you'll even see it. And, and, and then you say, Oh yeah, I don't really have, that's not what I'm needing and that's not what I'm looking for. And I'll go find it somewhere else. And the thing that's so funny, it's, it's like kids are on my brain, I guess. (laughs) Um, When kids are in school, who, who, who do the quote unquote bullies always seek the people who are most vulnerable. Why? Because they hear it and believe it. And so the thing is, is if you are the one that's in control of that saying, no, I want this kind of feedback, or I'm giving you permission to do that because I benefit. Well, that's a place of strength. Yeah. I was going to say power from it, you know, like that internal power that, that that, I felt before. What does that say about me that the minute she, Christy, you were describing yourself saying this, the first thing I thought was, oh no, there's going to be someone that's going to see that as a weakness and try to hurt you with it. That's your inner fear. We have limiting beliefs and we have self-preservation and we have all these kinds of things. And so you just haven't realized yet how often each time you've done it, it ha- each time you've been allowed to be vulnerable on purpose yes. by your choosing what that outcome, that consequence and reality that we talked about earlier. I mean, I haven't have. cataloged it. But mm-hmm. if you did, you would realize, oh my gosh, every time I do it, instead of it happening to me, I get much more benefit. And then when you sit there and wonder, oh, what happens if they do that? Then your then your your fear is what's dictating the choice. Right. And I think also for you, like for you know, if you have that you know that fear, it could be just a story you're telling yourself because you saw it in a movie one time. You know, like it's just a it's just a roadblock. And really, that's not it at all because most of the time everybody is good. You know, I mean, ninety nine percent of the time. And so by you having that vulnerability, like if you, if you know yourself, you're not going to let it affect you in a, in a way. What she just said, 99% are, are good. What would cause them not to be is often their own stress, their own over challenge, their own burnout. And when you start to see people that way, 
you detach a little bit of the heaviness, the weight of what it is that they would try to take advantage of. But it's of. not even personal. No, it's yeah. their it's their issue, not yours. Especially, yes. and the more you're aware of your own, I mean, I know what most of mine. I, I don't know that people can take me down because I I've given them all out, <laughs> and I'm not afraid of them, and I accept them. But it also feels good, you know, being vulnerable with people because you know, at, you know, in in, in who you are. It's, it's just going to come back to you in, in a beautiful way. Mm. Well, I think, too, what you're saying is there is no manipulation. No. Do you know what I mean, I mean by that? Yeah. We feel manipulated, which, if you're looking at the quadrant, it puts you in that over-challenge. Okay? Fear and manipulation comes from too much challenge. Too much support, what do we say, always is a sort of entitlement and mistrust. If there's only support, if you only hear all the good things and the frilly things and the supportive things, eventually you don't trust them because there's no, there's no challenge there. But when you're feeling over-challenged, you want that. So you go seek it from the people who naturally give it. But when it's feeling oh, like eh, everything's too easy, then you go seek challenge. When you have those liberators, they, they have learned how to provide both. And when you seek it out, you're telling them your own formula. This is what I need. I need a little bit of this and a, a little bit of this challenge, a little bit of this support. Here's my playbook. And when you are that open and confident, it's really hard for them to manipulate you because mm-hmm. you're the or one that knows it. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't feel vulnerable when you're in that space of explaining what you need. No, because it. I mean, it it empowers me to know that, like, if they choose not to, you know pull me back out when, you know, it's at least I didn't, I I told you, I communicated (laughs) with you. And, and to me, the only thing that you can do, I mean, in business and in your personal life, um, in relationships, it's over, I mean, in a sense, almost over communicate because you you've explained it and you know, it. at least you know what you're wanting and what you're needing. Now those can change. And that's where I think the miscommunication happens. Cause as you grow as a person, maybe they don't or vice versa. Like, but you're, you're constantly growing. You're constantly looking at yourself versus always looking at the other person and being like, you mm. need to change. No, I need to change. And, and we need to communicate better because for me, I, I know what I need. I just need to hear from you what you need so we can work together. And instead of it being one-sided, it's a partnership. Do you find that there are people who just will not do meet you? Will oh, yeah. not. Yeah. Meet you? What do you do in those cases? What, let's say it's a marriage. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay Heavy. going down yeah. this road? Sure. Are you okay? Because, yeah. you know, it's like a microcosm of what other kind of relationships are. So they can be, it can be applied other, either way. But let's say that there's someone who's married and the other person, you're asking to grow together and that other person doesn't want to do the work. How do you navigate that? Well, it depends on how you have done your work. Because like she said, you can't fix somebody else. All you can do is fix yourself, become aware of yourself so well, and then start to see what might be their challenge. And this is why I do it with kids and why I'm excited for Christy for Beyond the Spotlight because that's one of the meanings, I think, behind Beyond the Spotlight. It is, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I never thought that. Oh, so Oh, I love that. Oh, what they're doing is more than dance. And imagine (laughs) somebody like Christy as a caretaker raising children who are being raised to be afraid of vulnerability. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. I I know what it feels like to be this. And I'm going to walk you through it because you deserve the opportunity that I have. 
And when you're old, older and out into the world, you need to understand that you are more than just what the world expects of you, mm-hmm. which is absolutely beautiful. But when it comes to the relationship, like the marriage example is once you start to do the practice for yourself so much, then you realize, oh, this are, these are natural stress triggers or challenge triggers of the spouse. And I actually did this when I was doing this one of these programs for the first time. I tried them all out on Dan. <laughs> I didn't tell him. Oh. But what I could see is just like I talked about with body language and you know, you 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 look for the signs. If I saw that there was too much challenge, I provided more support. If there was too much support, I had to step up and be more bold. And each time I was able to dial it in properly, everything was easier. Now, whether or not the other person is willing to be aware, I can't I can't make that true. But what I can do is be so grounded in myself that they might be curious and say, you seem so sort of unaffected by the extremes. What are you doing? I said, well, here, and then <laughs> I go through my whole playbook. It's <laughs> like, all right, every time I do this, I get stuck here. And, you know, every time I need this, and then you start asking for the things that you need. And they... This is where it's great for children and why I'm excited for the studios. They start hearing these phrases that we use, asking for support, asking for challenge, in ways that it becomes very normal. We were not taught to communicate that way. We were not taught to ask for the things that we need. And we don't even have the verbiage for it. No. And we're, we're making sure that all the clients that come to the front porch, all of their staffs, all the businesses, all of them have enough of that language. And then what I'm loving for her is that they get to do it with kids. Well, I think about what social media does for people. And I think that's kind of what was my thought is when you're making a fake Facebook post about something that's vulnerable to you, well, within five seconds, five people will come and tear you down for it. Right. So that's what I'm saying with children. Isn't that what they see all the time? All the time. But no. So I I think that, um, you know, I think you also have to be mindful of of who you're being vulnerable, like with, like what, what is the point? What's the the reason behind it? Did you put that social media post up and be vulnerable to get likes? Sympathy. Right. Or sympathy or. Well, and the thing that's even crazier is when taking control of that vulnerability is to be able to say, I know that's what I need and I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. But if you set the expectation ahead of time, like this post is basically so that I can get sympathy, let me tell you why, then you're taking over what it is that your point is. Most people don't don't think about it because they have sort of what we can probably call a passive aggressive purpose behind a post and they want to prove something or they want – they're they're afraid that others are going to not see their side, or it's mostly prove something like our self preservation. Yeah, 100%. So, <laughs> she saw it and, and the tool, and so as a result, the vulnerability you have to understand where are you putting those words out there, and and do you ha- is it is it going to provide you what you need? Because the thing is, is like I don't really post much anymore um, because I don't need that mm-hmm. affirmation. It, 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 Facebook and Instagram and I don't know what you young people, this TikTok you, and Snapchat. You said you young people. That's me and you. I'm taking it, Joe. I'm you probably know, older I, than you are. <laughs> once they created the like button and the, you know, all that stuff, we became ad- addicted to people's response. It's not response. It's reaction. Mm-hmm. And then some people feel the need to respond, but then they create their own self-preservation post of why do I need, I, I need to say these things to you. And then it becomes I, 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 I that, which is not, which is not ideal. And so instead you go seek them out personally you seek it within the people that you spend your time with 
Because at the end of the day, when you get a true response and you've given that dialogue where you say, this is what I need, and you thank them for very specific things, like thank you for the the guy that you talked about earlier that you didn't even think would be a liberator. When you thank them for the formula, yeah, you know, you say thank you for blah, 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 blah. It makes them remember part of their goodness, and it's giving them directions on what they do for you. My very first client, I told him, I haven't, I, it's been years and years and years ago, but recently I called him and, and I said, you know, you always believe in me more than anybody else and you won't let me stop there. And then he goes on this whole diatribe of the exact formula that gets me fired up. But I've given him all of those tools. I've opened the playbook for him. And once you do that for people, they, they're kind of jostled at first because they're like, uh, you can say that? I'm like, yeah. And what would happen if we had a world where more people felt Well, that you way? did that for me by even saying I today, mm-hmm. like you made yourself vulnerable, which gave her permission to be a caretaker, which w- is interesting in itself because I don't, I know that's a natural thing, right? It, for a caretaker, it works really well. But what if it were just you and me, Joe, and to, for me to be vulnerable, would you have engaged your caretaker or would you have given me a strategy because you're a strategist? Like, what are the different ways that people, <laughs> uh, why do you okay. guys look at each other? <laughs> uh, this is what happens. When There's a secret language when you, when you do this, you just have that. I'm like, my goodness, you, you guys just had a whole conversation Christy, in like five seconds. Christy, tell, tell her what she just became in five nanoseconds. Which, which wire did she just tap into? She tapped into her care tank? No, 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 no. She strategize yes. she's oh, asking she me yeah. the hard question oh that's true i mean when you think so, about it she she yeah, took you true. out of the equation and then she went into depth which remember depth used to be the part that we said watch out for because you are don't like it now you like it why because you want to know <laughs> is it only something that you can tap into when it's natural for you yes and the answer is no not when you study them all and it's funny because i've had some business owner clients when i talk about strategic hiring which we do a fair amount of and I had an intensive client and we sat at the end of his entire 12 week journey. And I told him when you're talking to X, Y, and Z person, and I went through every wire all back to back. And each sentence I said was in a different tone, a different intention, a different tapping into each one. He said, oh my gosh, how did you do that? I said, practice. Because I know that if we can find which one is their natural best, we're going to get the best version of them in an interview. Yes. And then after that, once you see them in the, then you can set expectations that you know they can say yes to and deliver. You don't want somebody that's just going to say yes. You want to know what it's going to take to keep them excited because an interview is one of the hardest places people will say yes. And Mm. yes doesn't necessarily mean a good interview. No. And so we say, okay, we've got to practice. And so if it were just you and me, we would set the intention of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. We would use one of the tools. We would study how that is applying to the current situation. So whatever that concern would be, I mean, Christy just got another worksheet that I think that I sent her to, to test out where we would then go through and say, okay, let's find the formula that's going to work for you to help you understand why this keeps happening because you do have a choice in it. It's, it feels so, it feels so, um, powerful, Mm. but, but, um, not in a corrupt, powerful way. I have tools that I get to use to exploit what I want. It's not that it's more, um, 
um, loving. Mm. I don't know if that's the right word. Is that yeah, I think word? I think it's loving to to be able to talk to people in their natural voice. Yes. You know, like for me to be able to talk to you in what you need as a believer, like I think that for me as a caretaker seems just amazing because, you know, I'm giving you what you need. And then now that you know that I'm a caretaker, you're like, oh, we can relate to each other now. Oh, it's you could you can say I always say like because I have to be, I mean, I have to lead by example. So I give my whole playbook out to everybody. And they said, man, you don't, you don't ever hide anything. I said, what, what? There's no point. Mm-hmm. There's no point because I, I believe that we all need to be so grounded in ourselves that it doesn't mean that everything's amazing. It just means that I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with who I am, what I bring and what I need, good, bad, and ugly. And if, if, if we see that in the other people, it just realizes that we're seeking good in you yes that, that's that, i guess what i mean yeah so i love that you guys both connected with the word loving <laughs> that wouldn't have been the word i use empowering because i'm a strategist initiator it's just different wording but it's the same outcome which is to bring people to their best bring them up yes not put them down not judge there's no judge because we're all good and negative at the same time like the thing that i said this every time we come in the thing that makes you naturally amazing under stress and pressure can make you awful. Yeah. And that's true of every single one. There's not All one that's us, immune. Yeah. And once you realize none of us are immune to it, you realize the person who might take advantage of your vulnerability is not at their best. They're under some kind of, you know, self-preservation or, or pressure or extreme stress that makes you have empathy for them. Mm. You don't have to solve it, but once you have empathy for it, you don't take it on as your own. It's a natural um, shield. Mm-hmm. And instead you say, oh, man, I, f- I feel bad, but I also can't solve it for them. When they're ready, if they want my help, if I am a good person for them to receive, then sure. But not everybody can receive my, the way I communicate, the way that I explain all this stuff, which is why I have Christy, why I have Brendan, why all of my clients bring it. That same understanding from their own set of wires, their own expectations, their own verbiage, but we all have that sort of common intent, and it is glorious. It's absolutely amazing, and we need all of them. There's not one that is needed More than the other. Yeah, no. There are some that are hidden more than the other. Caretakers make up the majority. They're the (laughs) least heard. Mm. Yeah. Who's the most heard? Initiators, and they make sure it's true. They will tell you, I mean, you you can't not hear them. And then in the business world, this is the hard part, is there's a lot of wannabe initiators because we think that's what's expected of a business owner. And here I am sitting across the table from a caretaker business Business owner. owner. And there's a lot of power in that. In fact, there's sometimes more power in that. She will struggle to be bold and go for some of the big initiatives, which is why she seeks that out in others. But pretending to be it won't work. Mm-hmm. And the dreamers are the ones that we need the most, but they don't speak our language. They speak in gibberish. So it's really, really hard. And we have to be very patient with them because we wear them out with our questions. We wear them <laughs> out with like these looks of like, I don't understand what you're saying. When at their best, what they bring is a vision that none of us can have. But it comes to them just as naturally as your belief comes and your ability to say, that's a great idea. And her ability to say, yeah, I need to give them that. You know, loaf of fresh bread or whatever <laughs> you mentioned. Pot pie. Pot pie, there it is. 
<laughs> and mine to say, ooh, let's make a list of all the reasons why it's not working. Let's come up with a budget and a spreadsheet and a timeline. You know, all of us bring that thing naturally and we need all of them. So I, I just sitting in the room, we have three at the top, like three different ones. Mm. And it makes for something interesting. I think it, I think it makes uh, also, you know, businesses um, in itself, if, if businesses understand this, like how powerful that company would be if you had all of the voices in the room, you know, and everybody got heard and, and you know, believed in each other and understood we all actually need each other, you know, because we all lack the other. Right. Because we can only be so many. Yeah. Well, instead of looking at someone who's got another question as being annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. But, oh my God, we're going to be here for five more minutes because they asked that one question or whatever. And it goes, so when I work with businesses like that, I am that guy. <laughs> Sorry. And so, what, no, but so I, this is why for anybody listening, I want you to hear, like, I have to do the practice to remind myself, I need to limit my amount of questions. My questions will be answered at some point. Do they have to all be answered right now? Right. Or, or is this a personal question to me that could be answered later and doesn't apply to everybody? Is it strategic or is it personal? If it's, if it's emotion based then it's not appropriate just because it's, it's going to take me down. Mm -hmm. So me at my best is strategic questions that help us get to the overarching goal. And if I'm condescending, that just takes away my credibility. So these are studying internal first. Like Christy said, I have to study me first. And in business, if the whole team can do it and realize that if we help each other get through that study, then we'll all be a lot more grounded. We'll all be a lot more comfortable. We don't have to walk on eggshells around people. We also don't all have to solve each other's problems, but we can help each other. Well, this is um, the last question I wanted to ask you, given that I know I could be here all day. (laughs) I'm so happy. But uh, how does energy apply because when I'm talking to you three, like I am, the energy is so different when you are in a place of understanding and wanting good for other people. How do you see that play in businesses? Because not every interview feels this way and that's no problem. I'm not upset about it. I'm just saying I can actually feel it Mm. in myself. Do you want to know? Okay. So we have tools for that because there are certain things that bring me energy that don't bring others energy. When you say, okay, we only have so much time and so much budget. I'm like, Ooh, let me get at it. (laughs) And I can sit in front of that spreadsheet and get energized. Um, But just like she was talking about with the, with the wires, if you're only using one, that's kind of selfish and that's not going to be you at your best. Same thing with energy. If you're only doing these interviews and you'll forget that they're energizing and there's, that's kind of selfish. So what we do is we have a, a ratio. I mean, it's kind of a common rule is in like a hundred business books, I'm sure. But when you understand the ratio of the ones that give you energy versus the ones that drain you, what you eventually do is intentionally go into the drain, but change the intention of what you're doing, that action to a positive driver or we call a gain driver because you know when you do that. So for me, like there are certain networking events that are kind of like, not I mean, not the ones that we talk about in here. Of course but not. Th- that drain me. Why? Yeah. Because being around a lot of people who are either trying really hard to be an initiator or trying to be interesting because they need business or whatever, that drains me. So now when I go to those, I go to them with an intention, a gain intention of finding the people that it's natural to. Not the people that are trying so hard because, man, I could waste a lot of time there and it'll take everything out of me. So I go look for those people and say, what is it that makes it so amazing from you? I need to work with you. I need your help here. I need you to help me in these rooms because it's very important to my business. 
all businesses need some kind of networking or marketing or whatever, but I want to go find those people who it's more energizing to than it is for me because it's draining. And that's something you feel? Oh yeah. And, and, and I know, I know because I'm tired afterward. If Mm -hmm. I don't have, like if I have gone, I I did a study on this for myself. Um, (laughs) I don't remember how many years ago where I would go to the networking events and I was like, I would create my one minute pitch and I was really good. And I know how to be enough entertaining. I've been, I was a performer a long time ago and I would come home exhausted. I would just be tired. I'd take a nap. And I was like, why am I taking a nap? And now when I go to the networking events where my curiosity is up, not my obligation, but my curiosity of like, ooh, who in the room is also drained by it? And can I go create a personal connection with them? Year two from three. And then, or, oh my gosh, this person is natural believer and they would benefit me. I got to figure out what's exciting for them. I got to tap into that because it will be good for them. And hopefully I can learn something or gain something. And then I come home and I'm not tired. Did you do that with me? Mm. Consciously? What? Tell me more. <laughs> no. You didn't? No. I was wondering if you... Well, remember, the first time we had talked about it, you your wiring was not what we thought. We thought it was the other way around. I we, thought I was a caretaker. Yeah. Because oh. I, I did the online quiz. And it oh. said that. And that was just a simple one that we had done to try to at least give people an intro to it. And then when Brendan was here, we realized, no, it's not. It, it's caretaker Flipped. two. And that's when she lit up. And at that point, I was like, oh, my gosh. So you didn't come to me thinking I was a believer. No. I, I, oh. I mean, it's hard to assume. I mean, it's kind of dangerous to assume. Yeah, you can't. I mean, I, I was a strategist first mm-hmm. for the longest. But I also realized that I, I was out of I was out of sorts. I was just so used to being a strategist. Mm-hmm. Do people do that, though, a lot? All Make all these yeah. ass- assumptions about people? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a dangerous thing, you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why... For me, and, and for you, I want I really want you to become more comfortable with this. As you work with or interview business owners, I want you to be able to see them for who they are naturally at their best as opposed to maybe what they put on. You know, I one of my first business – well, not first. I guess it's been a while. But a business owner, client, caretaker first. And uh, also outer uh, expectation, needing outer accountability. And when I asked her, I said, are you okay with that? And she's like, yeah. I said, and that's why everybody respects her. Mm-hmm. That's, but most business owners are afraid of that because they see it as weakness. She saw it as reality, and she didn't have anything to prove. She wasn't trying. So when you're meeting people and you see that, they, that, that edge, that fear, that nervousness, you've got to find ways to tap into each of them and see which one lights them up. And once you see the one that lights them up, you go down you that go path. There. Yes. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden they become a whole new person, and you hear, you hear it, and, and it becomes exciting and infectious. And for you, you will eat that up. But for them, <laughs> it will make them feel, as, as Chrissy said, heard. Yes. Yeah. And validated. You Which know. I think everyone wants. That is a Absolutely. universal truth to yeah. be heard and validated. Know that the fact that they're on this planet mm-hmm. has meaning mm-hmm. and that they're worth time and energy and thought. And I love that. And what better way than to go into these things with that intention? Because not everybody's had the opportunity for someone to seek it out in them. Mm-hmm. Most of the time we're raised to be a certain way. Well, I do think that when you have, um, when you're looking for validation, it does, it's, or if you're, or if a lot of people are like, oh, you're so great. There, there, there's a, um, ego that can get out of balance pretty easy. And I've always been told through various things that's happened in my life. You do not lead with ego with anything to be proud of what you've done is actually, um, makes you a target 
Mm. So, but I don't, what do you, wait, you looked no, at each other again. No, it's, that, it's curious to say yeah. that because pride, you know, you, whatever you, you hear about pride, in my mind, it's, it's just accepting the reality for what it is and the good ones knowing why they were good and the bad ones and knowing why they were bad. Yeah. Uh, am I proud of a lot of those things? Sure, but I'm not proud in a way that I'm trying to prove that I'm amazing. Yeah. I'm just proud of it's certain It's a quiet things. pride? Yeah. It's, it's, it's You don't need, I don't think you need, you know, there's a, I think there's the pride of, of needing someone to validate that or mm-hmm. trying to show off, right? But then like there's the pride of just like being genuinely excited for yourself and, and like of an accomplishment that you've done, which is all internal versus needing that external. Mm. I love that. Oh my gosh. Are you so proud? Always. I swear to goodness. You, you look like the proud dad, I swear. He's always, always. the proud dad. <laughs> I even have a shirt from when I was a high school teacher that the kids made called Proud Papa. <gasps> oh, and I picked up on that right away. And I look still have it. <laughs> do you really? Of course you I do. You gotta keep that. That's special. Well, and, and, and I think... I don't know. I feel like we all get that opportunity right now. So I love it. So I appreciate you coming. Thank you. I'm really so grateful that you guys came again. I didn't plan anything, but it is the most fun hour or so that I get to experience. And and I do leave energized, which tells me that this is like definitely something that I should be encouraging more in my life. Can I give you some feedback? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Can I shut the, the no, radio no, down is, first? No, it's good. <laughs> you were deeper with your questioning today than you've been in any of my three that I've been on. I was deeper. You're welcome. (laughs) No, it's great. I think that because you are seeking, that's why we say you can't, you can't assume that you can help somebody. They have to come to the curiosity themselves. Each time I come, your curiosity continues to grow. And as a result, we can do, I mean, we covered a lot of stuff. Did I, was, no, let me ask you this though. Did I talk too much about me or did I not focus enough on Christy? Is it okay that I asked this on the radio? Good Lord. No, 100% I loved it. Like I felt very connected to be able to, you know, have like focus on you versus focusing on me. I loved it. Like, oh, because it, it in turn, like, and this is the whole, the whole practice is really like in turn, I, I learn something about myself, you know, just by listening to you and, 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 and getting to chime in and, and really have this, you know, wonderful connection between all three of us. <laughs> Okay. The after show is going to be crazy. <laughs> How much time do you guys have? <laughs> well, I can't thank Joe Cianciolo for coming um, enough and Christy Johnson. Thank you. So I love how um, vulnerable you both are because that's like one of my happy places to be. And so having, like you were saying, being giving permission for me to be vulnerable actually allows you to tap into some of the best parts of you that you like. And so thank you for providing those opportunities for me. You know, it's like we all win, which is my favorite win. Win win. Mm. <laughs> Wait, how can people get in touch with you both? Um, well, you can um, you can find Beyond the Spotlight uh, Dance Studio on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, uh, what's your website? BTSDanceStudio.com. Right. <laughs> Perfect. And I am Joe at FrontPorchAdvisors.com. That's A D V I S E R S. Long story. I'll tell you about it one day. But. <laughs> Uh, and and I, we don't have a huge online presence. Seek out all of our clients that have come in here because you will learn what we do by watching them. They live our practice out loud, and it's the best. It's beautiful to watch. Well, I would love to have you all back as things progress, and if you have some things you would like to share, because I think all of these lessons are so valuable and provide a normalcy for conversation and 
phrasing that is not encouraged as a natural default in this world. So thank you for giving normalcy to just the human struggle. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's, it's who we are. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all for listening to Fearless Formula. And again, this is Sharon Klein reminding you that with knowledge and understanding, we can all have our own fearless formula. Have a great day.